right, Miss Nagoya, podcast number 14. It's just uh, the two of us. I think that's a song. Just yeah. the two of us. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, your, our wives have said that we do have a special relationship. But uh, so podcast uh, number 14. Uh, so just the, back to the way we started, it was just the two of us. So we're going to kick it off. We got a lot of different uh, topics to uh, to talk about. But, you know, let, before we get going, um, we didn't practice this one, but uh, COVID. We, we or, you know, we have a few cases uh, in Coal Lake and Coal Lake First Nations has a few cases. So uh, just a shout out to all the families that are uh, dealing with COVID in their in their houses and that, and uh, you know, wish everybody uh, fa- you know fast recovery. But we do have a little bit of COVID, uh, of course, uh, in, in this area, and, and you know, we, it's been very quiet uh, all since since this broke out, and now we, uh, you know, we've uh, f- got some uh, people unfortunately that are, that have, have the COVID. But you know, COVID's been a big topic of uh, you know the councils lately. Uh, you know, across Alberta, but uh, how to how to approach it? Our our Philosophy has been uh, to to sort of follow the chief medical officer's uh, advice on, uh, you know, she's come forward every day with uh, with sort of her thoughts and, and direction, and our and our council uh, by and large have sort of just uh, followed the uh, the advice of the chief medical officer. You as CIO, you kept uh, city hall open uh, well, right off the get go. Uh, I think we've done an excellent job, both uh, the municipal staff and. Uh, and and the community and uh, in this aspect i'll you know talking about municipal staff uh, um you know did we affect the employment of some areas uh, some uh, areas of the city uh, in recreation and stuff like that yes we did in a pretty significant way just because we had the energy center closed and and we had to be mindful of the uh, the taxpayers dollars and making sure that we're being frugal and and and, uh, and in that perspective but um, you know, City Hall was one of the few uh, city halls that maintained full function during even the peak of the uh, kind of the scare, initial scare. And uh, we maintained full operations on every other area. And that that included, uh, if you remember, um, the uh, the staff were, you know, when the seniors were all coming back from uh, from the uh, their winter off down south and they're coming back from the borders. And there's this big thing about the 14 days of quarantine. Our staff was going into homes to turn on people's water, help them out. And, uh, you know, were they uh, putting on their PPE, making sure uh, that, that they're protected and the homeowners were protected? Um, they're doing everything uh, and, and, and to make sure that they're getting out in the community. It wasn't a time for the city of Cold Lake and, uh, to uh, shut down. And um, I think the community needed us the most. Um, during the uh, even the hype, a, a, a great story is that... Uh, um, you know, the doors at city hall did get a little bit quieter, but, um, the people that did come in were, were mostly seniors. And that was a quite an interesting trend. Like the seniors would come in and they want to pay their water bill and, 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 you know, talk with them and, uh, and they, they loved being able to get out because nobody's coming to visit them wherever they're living or, you know, in a, in a self-contained home and, you know, self-isolating just was, you know, they wanted to be able to get away from the, uh, get away from the apartment or get away from the home or get out of the room. And, uh, they came down to city hall, you know, they, they talked with staff and, uh, you know, the staff were happy to talk to, you know, while they're doing their business and stuff, but, uh, the, it was quite an interesting trend during that time. Yeah. Like, you know, councils sort of left the uh, decision-making, uh, of what people should do in their hands. And so if people want to wear a mask, you wear a mask. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so we've opened the doors to the energy center and, uh, 
and uh, I know the the old timers are starting to play hockey again, which is great. And pickleball, I'm sure, has uh, already found its way to go inside and start. Tennis playing. has been going. Tennis inside. Yeah, but it's, the, the nets are down now, though. So, oh. yeah, yeah. Wow. The staff are going to buy tennis uh, um, tennis oh. uh, things for inside the oh, field house there. Wow. Yeah, they've got one tennis oh, that's court great. that's in there. So, uh, all you to all uh, shout out to your tennis players. Uh, I think they, whether it's arrived already or uh, the equipment is all on route, uh, we should be able to put tennis uh, not only pickleball now we'll have tennis there's always this little bit of an inside joke between pickleball and tennis so uh, what about the climbing wall well the climbing wall interesting that you add that is uh we are moving around to now uh, uh we have the practices uh and uh, the procedures in place for the climbing wall and uh you should see some advertising and some marketing on the reopening of the climbing oh, that's wall. that's great and yeah. hockey of course is uh uh, is started up and figure skating is up and running figure skating is up and running i, I think the uh, the basis figure skating club has uh, been uh, at the energy center now as well as the cold lake uh, figure skating club um so yeah, we got great news uh, uh kinesu ski hill is gonna fire up so that's what i see so in the that's media. Uh, yeah. good i yeah. mean the weather's got cold enough so they can start probably making snow and yeah. it's an early early winter for sure i think everybody just needs to be mindful yeah. right uh, of the uh of the where the situation that we're in and let's let's you know be careful do our so uh physical distancing and uh and do what we need to do uh, uh and and be careful out there uh, do we need to be over the top with it and does the municipality have to come out with a whole bunch of regulations i think you know my advice has been to city council uh as not to do that uh your worship from the politics side i think uh you know council has generally uh uh, supported that uh, ideology right yeah no it, it's going well what's encouraging is the last little while you're seeing a little bit more activity in the hotels so uh probably what's in town right now is the uh, the gas line project uh, with with uh, tc energy so that's encouraging i mean it's been so tough on the hotels and the restaurants uh, with this COVID, uh, but you know people are getting out as best they can. And, uh, and it's nice to see and, the hotels are you know yeah. I mean I not all the hotels are are you know getting people all the time, but uh, certainly uh, it's good to see some uh, workers in town. Uh, you know I think that uh, we're sort of waiting for the big uh, construction project to start uh, kicking off on on the on Four Wing Coal Lake, and uh, that'll be really uh, exciting. You might hear some uh, back background noises. Uh, that's the squirrels running around in the attic of the of the room or, that we or are, the, or the mice underneath yeah. the building. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, we're doing yeah. we're doing a bit of renos right now <laughs> at City Hall, and so there's a little bit of construction noise, but that's okay. Getting so. ready for your webcasting, sir. Webcasting. Yeah, uh, uh, streaming your council meetings. What do you think? Um, you know, uh, we've, we've been told that the podcast puts uh, kids to sleep. So I, I encourage uh, parents out there that if uh, they want to is, is put uh, the council meetings uh, on the TVs in the rooms and we'll put them to sleep for sure. But, uh, you know, there is, of course, residents that want to see what we're doing and, and that's great. So uh, we're going to put uh, council meetings uh, live stream and, uh, you know, there'll be a format. People just get used to it uh, and you know, it's great. I mean, it's all about being, uh, you know, uh, visible to the public. Uh, you know, those I've never seen the way I, I chair a meeting. It's uh, it's uh, a little bit uh, loose, and uh, you know, I need to tighten up on that. I there, don't sir. know about that, <laughs> but but we have we have fun. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the idea is to hear from everybody uh, on council, and if they wanna if they wanna uh, bring bring forward, uh, say uh, their thoughts. You know, I. I try to uh, try to chair the meeting so that everybody has the opportunity to uh, to speak. I mean, even the delegations I've been 
I've been accused. I don't know. It's hard to believe, but uh, you know, we I think our policy says like ten or fifteen minutes yep. allowed for delegation, and there's a, a, an odd time where they go a bit further than that. But uh, the red light is usually somebody's yeah, hands kind of yeah. going. Well. <laughs> yeah, so it, we know we certainly are there to uh, to encourage a dialogue with the the different groups that come forward. And you know, when it's interesting, I mean, uh, you know, ever since the United Way kind of pulled out of uh, Coal Lake, um, you really see. Uh, more and more groups have, have come to the city for help, for financial help. And uh, especially during this uh, tough times of the economy right now, you know, industries kind of pulled back uh, their their amount that they can give out. And so different groups have come forward and, and, and council has become this catcher's mitt. And so uh, I think with the coming up in the budget uh, deliberations, we're going to be probably giving the Rec and Culture group uh, 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 maybe possibly a little bit more money to play with, uh, a little bit more uh, broader scope for them. Uh, you know, this is a members of the public, you know, try to have a lot of those sm- small little one-off uh, decision-making uh, given to them. Well, the council's passed a new policy, which is the Recreation, Culture, and Heritage Grant Program, right, which is going to change um, um, pretty significantly way um, grants and, 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 and funding is given out to the community as all of those will go through committee first. Uh, yeah. And the committee has two members of city council on it. And uh, and the rest of it is uh, community uh, people at large uh, that have been appointed by city council that uh, that that apply to these uh, to these to these boards and committees of council. Now, one thing that uh, the community should be uh, kind of get ready for, and uh, the city is going to be marketing, is that you know if you have an event coming up or a program or you're looking for funding from city council under one of the streams, you you, you can't you know. I think it's going to start swaying away from the days that you're coming in on a Friday and kind of going away with some funding on a Tuesday. Um, it's uh, and, and one thing challenging with councils because there's not a lot of information that's given on a Friday. It's like last minute and council has been growing with kind of little bit of challenges associated with that. And uh, uh, now you're going to need to be uh, like three months ahead of time, almost quarterly, the funding will be given out. So the community groups are going to need to uh, probably kind of look at what they're uh, do some forelooking on their programming to make sure that they can uh, meet those timelines if they're looking for something. And we're going to allocate a certain amount of money for the this group to uh, to to, to uh, work with. And so what I really encourage all the groups out there to really make sure they understand the new the new policies that are coming forward. You know, so we're going to talk about budget. I mean, we're kicking off the budget, uh, the operating budget here in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to have our first meeting. Uh, what a lot of people don't know is behind the scenes, you're you're with all your managers and their staff, uh, looking at last year's numbers and predicting this year's numbers and trying trying to uh, sharpen your pencil as you always do. And you guys, uh, staff, and you do a lot of heavy lifting before it even reaches uh, council. Well, as as, as you know uh, from the you know our top senior leadership team, uh, we know all the ins and outs in the budget, everything that's uh, going on within the uh, all the line items. Um, the intent, uh, what we do as, as before we hit council, the CAO, before the CAO delivers, uh, his or her budgets, uh, to, uh, to council, uh, we hold a, a mini, um, budget deliberation process amongst all of, um, my, uh, department heads. And, uh, that is to go through the, uh, through the budgets. And, um, I ask serious questions, even through that process, uh, of, uh, uh simulating what, what we anticipate council is going to ask administration and, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, everything is sound within those budgets and everything is justified, uh, in there. And as you know, your worship, uh, you've gone through the budget quite a few times. It, it is pretty, it's pretty rigorous. 
administration's budget process only, you know, in terms of the, just the review, that's not the submission to, to the CAO. The review probably takes about three weeks of uh, pretty uh, onerous time, uh, much of the time through the day. Uh, you see me locked up in the uh, front yeah. boardroom there. Hey, you guys usually have good muffins. Right? <laughs> good muffins. I come in there and <laughs> steal a muffin, but, but yeah, there's a lot of work behind the scenes and, uh, you know, what, what you guys do a great job of, especially for newbies on council, is that uh, you do a great job of uh, not only educating all the councillors and mayors of um, the going on in the city, the, the deep inner, inner, get really deep into the workings of the city, but uh, the service level review. And so all of the different levels of service in the community. And that is council's sandbox. And it's all written out, really well done. Big binders. I mean, and, and this council has been around for quite a quite a while. So, I'm anticipating this year that uh, uh, council, if they have a certain uh, line item that they want to talk about uh, on certain, let's just talk about, let's just say it's recycling or whatever, uh, a councillor can bring that forward, and we can dive right into that service level and discuss it. My, I'm, I'm anticipating this year. We usually do about 20 to 20, 30 hours of budgeting and, and uh, on average. But I think this year, uh, I think we're, because of COVID, I think there's going to be a lot of um, probably just jumping right into the operating budget because it, I think council is quite seasoned. It's going to go into our last uh, year on council. So we're coming into our fourth year. Very experienced group. We'll probably just get into the operating numbers. Uh, you'll you'll present uh, you know your vision of, of what that number is. Council can get in into the different line items if they so choose to sort of talk about them. But you know our hope, I think, is to within the first two nights uh, is to sort of have a have a good understanding of what the operating budget, and that will sort of help set the direction for your staff, your general managers, and then our hope is um, that we'll have uh, from the minister of municipal affairs. Uh, an idea of, of the of, of 349 agreement with the province, where we're going with that, and then we can hopefully pass a capital budget and have it all wrapped up um, by de- by December by December one. <laughs> we took a pause there because the you may have heard the alarms were were testing the fire drill. Testing right? the fire system. Yeah. yeah, the new fire panels being installed at All City right. Hall there. So, yeah. We took a little, they took a little break, uh, but, um, you know, we're talking about the budget. But the, the We're main... talking about budget, and it was just getting hot in here. Yeah, so. it was getting hot and heavy. Um, <laughs> but really, the key thing is, is that uh, if we can find out uh, where we're at financially, I mean, wouldn't it be a perfect world if the federal government decided to, to pay all its back taxes? Um uh, with the PILT, uh, payment of taxes, all the money owed. Can you imagine what, what it would do for uh, for the city of Coal Lake and uh, all the heavy lifting uh, the residents and the business community have had to pay because the federal government doesn't want to pay their fair share of taxes? I mean, you know that the government's been handing out money here under COVID, under, you know, all over the all over Canada, various groups getting money and, and that. And, you know, why don't you just pay your fair taxes to... Uh, to the municipalities across Canada. Yeah, I, I being uh, as you know, being frustrated with the uh, the PILT uh, litigation process. You're absolutely right. You, you're talking how many billions of dollars being spent all everywhere on these initiatives, and you're talking a municipality that's being under uh, struggling, and you've got a like a t- what is it a ten million dollar tax bill plus uh, 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 fees and uh, penalties that adds up to twenty three million dollars, and you can't pay that. 
Yeah, it's, like that is a bizarre. real. You know, we wrote to the minister of municipal, uh, minister of uh, uh, public services and government services, or procurement Canada, their PSPC acronym. But uh, you know, I think they she just provided a kind of a yeah, yeah we'll get to it kind of response. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, they they're shortchanging you know municipalities across Canada, and, and Coal Lake took ex- exception to it, and we feel that uh, they should be paying. You know, it's worth a hundred dollars; they should be paying property tax on a hundred dollars. And uh, so we've, you know, we're still standing our ground. We're, our council is very uh, committed to that. And you're, under your your leadership, Kevin, I mean, we're we're all in this all the way. But boy, can you imagine what a turnaround it would be if they actually would pay their 1.2 million or whatever it is each year that they're short? Yeah. Um, you know that that represents about a five percent of the total taxes that we collect as a municipality. I mean, that just that alone would just be, uh, you know, we would be putting that towards, uh, you know, capital projects in a huge way and even considering possibly uh, lowering, lowering property tax. Because right now in order to, yeah, I was just about to say that is, is that lowering property taxes. Cause one argument is, is that's at the table is, is that you've raised taxes in order to offset exactly. and pay their portion of the taxes. So the question is if you're going to get that money, um, you know, where does that funding get uh, uh, allocated to? Oh, yeah. right? I'm sure yeah, council uh, would be putting some yeah. of it uh, in people's pockets again in the business yeah. community. But you know, it's 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 too bad. I mean, and and then when you see that the uh, the base is going to be growing by half a billion dollars worth of construction here, uh, you know that it's going to be a you know its assessment, its value is just going to keep on going up and up, and and it's it it does handcuff us. It's a bit of a a struggle. I mean, there's such a in, huge part of our community and uh, 2,800 people work out there every day. And and uh, you can see with the way our economy right now is uh, four wing has been the anchor. You know, a lot of northeastern Alberta is suffering. And, and I, you know, I believe that the that base has been an anchor to our economy here and it's really kept people uh, going. And so uh, let's hope that uh, the Liberal government decides to to uh, get in there and and give the municipalities across Canada what's what's owed to them, and they can start with the city Coal Lake. Oh, I wouldn't mind it. But you know, in the for the 2021 budget deliberations, our goal this year, Your Worship, is to uh, pass the budget before December this year. Yeah. We're going to ratchet it up this year and try even a tighter time frame. Although uh, you know. That gone were the days that uh, we used to pass a budget in the new year, right? Uh, uh, but uh, and we we've been successful for many years doing it in December by, by December, and now we're going to get uh, our goal is to get her done before uh, before December first of this yeah. year. So, yeah. um, and then as like as the mayor and, and council, I think we really would like bef- um, because our term is coming up to an end here uh, in two thousand twenty one, is that we would love to be able to do a ten year capital, and we've been sort of sitting frozen for a bit here and so hopefully when we get a final solution on on air weapons range id 349 with the minister that we can do a 10-year capital because it's you know i think a lot of us are just sitting there itching to do one and and have fun with it because it is a lot of fun sort of planning and then the next council can always uh, revisit it and change it but at least it's up front and public for the community and so uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, the, there's a uh, you know in your uh, in your uh, twenty uh, twenty one budget, uh, you know I think uh, administration is very pleased. Uh, is uh, we're happy where it sits. Uh, we're done, as you know. We'll be meeting. What is it? November fourth and fifth. Yeah, beginning I of think, November. Uh, beginning of November. Um, that should be advertised here right away. Um, but uh, I think we're sitting in a good place for the community. Uh, the budget should be come with uh, no surprises for uh, city council, unless there's some other changes in the uh, service levels. Um, I think uh, we've really tightened our belts to make sure that this is going to work, especially during the COVID-19 uh, um, situation. And then also, I think, uh, you know, I do want to make a shout out to uh, the, the waste management group. 
Um, they've done a phenomenal job uh, since this COVID-19 has hit the amount of recycling that has been it's put, unbelievable. It is just the, the tonnage that is being pounded through. I think the residents even, you know, despite it is comes maybe with complaints sometimes that those bins that are drop off bins that are full, um, the amount of volume that is coming out of the community and surrounding area. Um, Cause we, we service, those bins are servicing not only the city of Cold Lake, it's servicing the uh, surrounding uh, residents in the MD of Bonneville. And uh, the amount of volume coming through there, uh, I just uh, got a briefing uh, on uh, last uh, weekend that staff were in order to empty those bins and keep them empty. They had to work the entire, just about the entire day clearing bins because they would come back and they're already full and there's people just dropping. And uh, as you know, there's been a tremendous amount of volume. Um, we've, we've shipped out, uh, you know, it's first in a couple of years that uh, we've been making some pretty good money with the uh, cardboard that we've sent out. Of course, the other um, products haven't received a lot of money, but I think we're sitting in a good place that, uh, that uh, it's showing success to the new material recycling uh, facilities that are out there. And uh, administration will be bringing forth proposals to city council to, uh, you know, what do we want to do? Because I think we're sitting much better financially than we were only a, a, a few years ago in that uh, in that cost center. And uh, I think we're going to go as far as uh, uh, maybe making some proposals to council to see if how much and uh, if we can reduce some of those recycling fees. Yeah, for those that don't know, it's a user fee on the water bill every month. And so people are charged for their waste, their water the sewer and recycling so you know that's great i mean it, it's uh, you know when you go over to that building over there the amount of blue bags is just it's a mountain but that sorting machine and the staff do a great job to crank that thing going and uh no it's good uh it's a great program over there uh let's talk about some of the projects going around uh, highway 28 lighting yeah we're doing lots of neat little uh, communities should start uh, seeing some of these um, unfortunately as you know uh your worship because of the id 349 a lot of the projects got delayed in terms of the capital budget and approvals weren't until spring. So we're, as you said, even capital planning is complicated right now. And, uh, and then number two is that when we pass budgets only at the 11th hour, we can't get all the projects that we'd like to see done. And I think the residents actually did see some roads, the one by the, uh, um, Cold Lake Elementary School there going up to Lafave Heights. I think that's paved out now. I think it's, uh, I'm hearing some great things. The residents used to complain about all the dust that goes into their yeah. places but on highway 28 specifically as you mentioned uh um the city released a tender i think electric services was the contractor and uh, uh to replace all the highway 28 lighting to uh, leds the the high pressure sodium is way beyond uh, its uh um life right now because uh, they're surprising how old the highway is already so it's beyond Time's its flying. life <laughs> so you think that they'll actually be working there in the wintertime? Yes. Yeah, oh, they wow. plan to. Yeah, they're going to start. A lot of hot I'm hoping uh, what, we're, what we're hearing is going to be in November that they should start being going up. Remember when we first installed all those lights uh, and, yeah. and all, all, the kids were wondering why we are using more power, right? Remember that was yeah. one of the common themes about the questions of why the city installs so many lights and is using more power. Well, uh, now we're going to move for high pressure sodium to LEDs. And uh, so that's, uh, that's positive. And then also uh, we get lots of complaints about the downtown, um, you know, lights that are not working and stuff like that. The community needs to know that those lights, we can't get parts for. And, you know, it, it if we're getting parts, it's, we're having to get it manufactured and, and that starts to cost a lot of money. Um, we did finally get a re resolution that we should be uh, installing those uh, lightings. I gave the approval just last week. So I think we should be getting going, hopefully either this fall 
Um, we'll see if they can do this, uh, some of the stuff this winter. Um, if they have to change some of the electrical stuff that's underneath, that may take a little longer than that and into the spring. So. Okay. What about the, the downtown lighting? What's going on? With that's that? what I mean is the downtown lighting. The downtown lighting. Yeah. And it'll be all switched to LEDs oh, okay. and, uh, and a new, you know, they'll be about the same size, maybe a little bit brighter and uh, a new trendy look to them, uh, you know, mixed with modern age with a little bit of uh, historical, uh, historical uh, look to them. So yeah. One of the big uh, things that uh, just a beautiful in the North, there's the the cemetery and just a great job uh, completed by the contractor so we got these columbariums that are going to be available for people that uh, want to buy them uh, and so that that go on sale on monday yeah yeah well council just gave uh three readings to its bylaw for the cemetery's management plan um articulating fees and as council has been briefed that you have uh a lot of people throughout the Lakeland region interested in the columbariums because there's not a lot of these things that are anywhere in this area. We're kind of the kind of the first ones to uh, step up and uh, create these uh, this type of infrastructure. And uh, there's a lot of interest in it. So that's great. Um, we have a, a waiting list of people that are wanting to get callbacks, but. Uh, um, they should be uh, on sale in the coming days, and uh, by the time I'm sure this podcast is live, uh, if you if you're interested in uh, and you call City Hall, I'm pretty sure that it's already going to be on sale, so uh, you're ready to go. Yeah, we put some money towards the north and the south cemeteries because you know they we've gotten a lot of complaints over the years that they needed some TLC, and so it's great that uh, we we've got uh, awarded out the uh, south cemetery contract. So. You know, it, it took a long time, but uh, we're trying to fix them up. But we and uh, like I said, we had a lot of not complaints, but a lot of people asking us to really spruce up the cemeteries. And I think the North is, uh, is, uh, really going to look great. I think people are going to really appreciate what was done over there. And then of course, uh, bring over the same kind of level of uh, work over into the South cemetery. That one has a lot of room to grow. Uh, and so, um, you know, it's great that we allocated some money, money well, for that. A couple million dollars is going into this, uh, into these, uh, cemeteries. So, yeah. uh, and they're going to look uh, look fantastic. And if you go to the Grand Center or, or to the uh, Lake Lakeview Cemetery in the north uh, right now, um, they look great. Um, yeah. You know th- that has come a long way. That uh, with all the uh, the investment that we put into there and the intention and redesign of yeah, some we of fix the it up, new yeah, the, and that. yeah the the landscape architecture is uh, has uh, has been terrific. Right. The uh, an- another one that we've gotten this some of this money from COVID is going towards uh, uh, fixing up, uh, re- revitalizing our Millennium Trail and also building uh, new trails. Yeah, your community likes this one. Now, that Millennium Trail is used very heavily. It's it's a nice uh, asset to the community linking north-south and then it heads out to the, uh, to the, to the west, to the wing. And, uh, you know, the uh, council had money um, allocated to it for communities that would transit and... Uh, Cold Lake has public transit system. So we had uh, a couple million dollars uh, sitting there. Um, of course, we have to use it for only transit uh, uh, projects. And we just, we council said, uh, well, they wanted to, and this was a few years ago, um, buy a new transit bus, but we don't want to bolster the transit uh, fleet too much uh, because we don't, we just don't need the assets sitting around either. It's effective use of taxpayers' dollars. Um, but, uh, the province and the federal government recently announced that, uh, some of that money can be transferred uh, from the transit stream is what it's called uh, to the, uh, to what is called a COVID-19 resiliency stream. So council said, yeah, well, as long as we held on to a, uh, you know, one bus that we're going to purchase that, uh, probably, uh, 
we'll get that purchased before the end of the year. And uh, it takes about a year for these buses to be built and shipped and arrive uh, to the communities. And uh, the rest of the funding can be spent on trails. So the priority right now is uh, um, overlaying uh, a lot of the existing Millennium Trail. You're seeing it's uh, cracks and stuff yeah. like that. I think Weeds you've raised through, that. Yeah, yeah you've, you've said that for a couple of years now, Your yeah. Worship. But just seeing its age, right? It's, it's, it's well used. It's still in not bad condition, but it, it is seeing its age. Um, and you can definitely tell uh, the stark difference between where we already have overlaid or, or done some repairs to it. So the uh, we're going to be looking at overlaying a whole bunch, not all, whole bunch of the Millennium Trail. Of course, there's, I think, uh, I think the data was about 14 kilometers or something like that. Yeah. That's a lot of trail. That's an amazing amount of trails for a community. And so saw with community. COVID, everybody was on it. Yeah. I mean, everybody was out walking the dog or running or whatever, biking. <laughs> it was, it was, it, it's well used. It, it links the north, the south and four wing uh, all as one. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the other part is, is that you have certain areas of the community. We have been tackle, tackling this to a smaller degree of trying to get these connections to the various communities that don't have connections to your trail system. Um, but a big one, um, which is uh, a, a priority that council articulated was up on uh, English Bay Road, like the uh, um, Lakewood subdivision area, Lake Avenue, and start to head north on that uh, from First Avenue. That First Avenue stops yeah. right there and uh, it's amazing it how many homes up. are up there you yeah know, you get up and go wow and uh so yeah try to kick them and then over by tri-city yeah yeah well tri-city is a more connection just a smaller one there you have a school that has no access except for car passenger and stuff like that so there, i think it's just the starting of that connecting that subdivision up so we'll initiate that future years you still have areas like red fox estates uh, mm -hmm. down here in the south as are some of the examples so people need to know we we do know where they are in our uh, as you know our asset inventory and deficiency inventory or want inventory um is all there we have all this data it's a question of dollars and cents of how much money you have and and, and council can sets the priorities with the council can always top it up uh, further in, in the capital budget when we do sit uh, there uh, you know shortly Council can always give you a, f a few more dollars to maybe even go all the way. But, you know, that's a big, it's going to be a big project. And it's a good project for a small firm to uh, bid on. And because, uh, you know, the pathway is just a small asphalt. Uh, Council also wanted to see Millennium Trail maybe uh, partially lit. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and for 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 scale wise, right? To, to buy a solar powered uh, um, light because otherwise you have to run some significant power lines and stuff like that. Now you have to balance these costs. You know, a, a simple light would cost you around that seven to ten thousand dollars, right? So. Um, each one, so you multiply it by how many you need, and you know that's how we look at it, and uh, we approach council with that budget of what the contractors are giving us with for right. prices. Right. Well, that's good. No, I mean uh, down at the uh, the marina, you guys were big project uh, dredge in the marina. Yeah. So uh, yes. that one wrapped up. Unfortunately for the uh, the contractor, I mean uh, the the winter came in hard and fast here. And uh, there was not, uh, those were pretty cold conditions that they're working in, but I understand uh, they managed to scoop oh, I, some. I think uh, he just lives in the south and uh, he's used to, you know, that southern Alberta, Lethbridge area where, the, you know, you get those Chinooks and stuff like that. I Calling think. out the mayor come of Come on, Cold Lake. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Uh, Chris Spearman, Spearman what's Mr. Going on? Mr. Mayor. It's a lot warmer down there in Lethbridge than Bananabelt. it is up in uh, Cold Lake here. Yeah. <laughs> so the operator is from southern Alberta and, and of course, uh, welcome to Cold Lake with that beautiful <laughs> North wind coming in and howling and uh, conditions were a bit rough, but uh, it was interesting. Uh, 
it filled up this bag full of the product from yes. the, the bottom. We were trying. We know that we've got a lot of fill, you know, silt that's uh, at the bottom of, the, of where we launched the boats. Uh, and throughout the marina, it's filling in with uh, debris, and the idea is to try to scoop, uh, suck it up, and uh, and then haul it away as best we can. And we had to screen it off so that the fish uh, weren't there getting getting um, sucked yeah, up. Yeah, we, we had to, you know, the uh, the environmental regulations and the and the biologist uh, asked is that we have to, you know put silt fences up yeah. to make sure we're protecting. And then, of course, once the silt fence is up, we have to catch the fish to, and and remove them so that we it's called fish salvaging, right? You can do it. There's many different ways you can do it. I think you're you're being the fish man. Yeah. You know these different well, ways we were, of doing this. Yeah, uh, we should. Uh, I think yeah. people are casting their lines into it. But uh, <laughs> you know, I know. I, we, There's only a few fish that they uh, they caught. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's all they salvaged. It's in yeah. a big area. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, there wouldn't be that many fish in that small little area. But you know what? The marina is a uh, amazing nursery for small fish. They go in there and just thousands and thousands of small fish. They like the warm temperature, a lot of food, and of course that attracts. The bigger fish, and of course, attracts the uh, the fish ducks uh, are in there all the time. But but the marina is a busy place, and uh, so we tried this uh, this person's method of trying to salvage the get the get the silt off the bottom. So we'll have to evaluate, yeah, see what it looks we'll, like in uh, springtime. We'll debrief with the contractor uh, in the uh, coming weeks, in the coming months. Uh, um, this is the biggest concern that administration has: is is that. Um, based on the uh, previous approvals with the uh, Department of Fisheries and Oceans and and uh, dredging kind of, we'll call it traditionally, like with a barge and uh, a, a backhoe or track hoe or something like that, and trying to get it to the shore, that uh, uh, the feedback that we've got on the prices are over a million dollars. Like we're talking a substantial cost to do it in that way. And uh, administration's approach or advice to council is, is there a way, other ways of doing it rather than the traditional approaches that may be a little bit more cost effective, maybe a little bit less intrusive. And because as soon as you use big backhoes and stuff like that, you know that you're going to move those blocks that are underneath where, where that hold down the, uh, the docks that are out there, the piers. And uh, so we're trying to find something a little bit more feasible. We didn't want to go spend a whole bunch of money in this in case it didn't work. Um, so you can see by the, the the silt bag that's out there that, you know, it's it's about two thirds full. It's got quite a bit in there. It was a smaller area. It did take a little bit of time. Uh, one of the challenges was is that waiting till past Thanksgiving is a risk because it gets so cold so quick. So yeah. um, that also hampers our ability to get the job done. Well, you saw that with the, 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 the few, so few boats left the last week before Thanksgiving. I mean, it was a ghost town in there. And uh, it was just the, the, the nasty cold winds that we had. Uh, people just pulled their boats out early. They just gave up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, hopefully this winter is going to be soft on us, but but it's not, uh, not, start, not looking I, good. I don't know. Yeah. So the, the big question that everybody wants to know about this vacuum cleaner from the second up the bottom, Kevin, is what are we doing with all the gold watches and all of the iPhones and everything that's sucked up? Uh, we're going to put all of this fill over to the landfill, and and then what happens? Um, we're going to salvage to see if we can find any gold coins or. It's just going to sit there? Uh, yeah. Well, I we got just, him on that one. He yeah, didn't even know we just, I was uh, We just kind of rolled that back in somebody's uh, garage or something. Yeah. No, I, well, it's a, all frozen right yeah. now, right? It's a big one. But big we want to know bit. where it's going to go on the <laughs> landfill. Now, I know there's a, I know of a couple of people that, that uh, do uh, use the magnets down at the, the marina, and they cast them out looking for treasures. And and I'm sure uh, those guys are going to want to know where, where exactly we're going to put this uh, fill <laughs> well, in right the landfill. Right now, it's one big, because it had a lot of water in it, and it takes you 
a long time. It drains water and it drains the clean water back into the lake. Um, but it's high moisture in there. So it's one big frozen block ice cube oh, right wow. now. So we'll have, we'll take a big jackhammer and then haul it out by loader and truck and send it to the landfill. Uh, nice. Yeah, I don't know if we'll have a specific location on it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, the big things uh, with this COVID, of course, we've had a lot of uh, people asking us about uh, Halloween. And so, uh, you know, uh, council, uh, we're, we're Halloween's a green light and we want the, the kids to get out there and, and celebrate Halloween, to be a kid. I uh, encourage all the residents that want to participate in uh, in giving out candies to do so in a safe manner and put your lights on so the kids know that you're participating in Halloween. But, you know, we just didn't want to uh, say no to the kids. And so Halloween's a go. And I'm sure the parents are going to do their best to uh, make sure that uh, their kids are, you know, are, are in, in a safe in a safe way with this whole COVID uh, virus around. But, uh, I think you know. Just everybody needs to respect um, respect your neighbors that are out there. I think that's the biggest part. If, uh, if you have households that are choosing not or homes not to, uh, participate, um, let's not bother them. It's, that's okay. Um, it's everybody's freedom of choice. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, including myself, uh, I've already got my, I think 200 and I'm good for 250. You get hit hard in Brady yeah. Heights. Brady Heights gets hit hard. Yeah, I'm good for 250. I'm 250 kids coming knocking at the door. So I'm, I'm um, going over there. You're going <laughs> to, um, but there's people that don't want to do it either, right? That you it's know, a Saturday there, night. There's different reasons. Yeah, uh, yeah. And there's, uh, you know, some people may have uh, people that may be vulnerable within the household and that are might be sick for, for other reasons, right? So um, it's okay. I think uh, I think it's going to go off very well in our community. Um, I know that other communities have chosen to you know to say no to halloween or trying to uh, write some bylaws to to cancel halloween within their community that's not going to be cold lakes approach and uh for out there for the sake of clarity cold Lake, i know that some of our neighboring municipalities have curfew bylaws uh in associated with halloween uh, evening uh cold lake does not have that curfew bylaw yeah, just it always up. gets mixed up every year uh on our social media and we already asked every year about the curfew and no no the city of cold lake does not have a curfew yeah no you just shut your lights off you've had enough i mean you know it, it, it encourage people if they want to participate in halloween do so i mean uh uh, it's all for the kids. Yeah, let's do it safely and uh, let's have a lot of fun out there. Yeah, and so that leads into the uh, the Remembrance Day. Yes. So so yes. this is the one where, yeah. of course, uh, Remembrance Day ceremony in our community is huge. And uh, over 2,000 people uh, get into the uh, Imperial Place. And uh, it's so patriotic. And uh, the Armed Forces uh, members marching. And, uh, you know, you, you really, uh, it's a great ceremony. The Legion and Four Wing do an amazing job. And, uh, and so this year, of course, it's uh, going to be scaled down to if people want to uh, go to the Cinetap in the north, uh, maybe in the afternoon to re- for your respects. I know there's going to be a private ceremony at 11 o'clock uh, at, over at the Cinetap in the north uh, that the Legion is hosting, but it's going to be like a private affair. And then after that, uh, they're asking if you want to in the afternoon, just bring over your, your, your reef and, uh, and, 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 and put it around the Senate tap. And that's in the Colic North on 10th street. So it'll be a much uh, scaled down version of course, but, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be on TV in some fashion, uh, and, and just, uh, you know, everybody can do their moment of silence, uh, 11 o'clock, uh, at their, their house. Yep. I think, I think it'll still work. The city's trying to review its, uh, involvement, whether, um, there's things that we can do virtually and things like that, but, uh, 
Um, we are trying to work and respect that uh, the Legion and the wing has always been the lead front on this one and the city cool day kind of provides the facilities. So um, we want to respect that they, you know, let, let them kind of carry what they would like to do. And uh, we don't want to overstep too far on the, on, on the boundaries of that and, 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 and understanding that there's only things that we can do because, you know, right now the energy center can only hold a uh, hundred people at any one given time in that Imperial oil place. And we are, do have it on pods and the energy center can have more than a hundred people, but it's in the kind of the different areas of the energy center. But uh, yeah, that kind of throws away, as you said, we're yeah. over 2000. Only a hundred people can go to the junior game. Yeah. The junior B game. Yeah. And they have, uh, I think uh, they've been very close to those numbers at their last uh, couple of games. I, I heard that they were just shy. So how do they yeah. add a hundred, 101 person doesn't get in? Is That's that what right. Oh, That's what God. I'm hearing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Right. Yeah. I don't know if they sneak them in or what there is, but, uh, um, maybe they put a uniform on them. Maybe they're playing hockey. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, I think they just were shy of that the one game, and then uh, they they hit the maximum. Uh, oh, it's tough because I mean so, they yeah. they were drawing big crowds. It's too bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of the junior hockey is in a real tough boat because they they rely on that gate revenue to to sustain the hockey club. So it's tough. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's not only for junior B's; that's junior A's, oh, and then sure. you got NHL too, right? There's yeah. a lot of lots of controversy and lots of issues are surrounding this uh, for all uh, sports. The yeah. uh, of course. Uh, the big guy, uh, Christmas. The big guy is not uh, not uh, COVID's not affecting Santa, and so uh, I understand the city is uh, looking at uh, a Santa parade that that will continue, and that we're going to look at making the parade route a bit longer. Yeah, I think the to, idea to, in order is, to deal with COVID is spread yeah. people out along the main route, and uh, and work that way. Yeah, I think we've received a few uh, comments that uh, that they're hearing that the uh, Santa Claus parade was canceled, but that's not the case. Uh, um, we are proceeding. Uh, it's going to be on Main Street as it always has. And uh, we are going to actually, if you go down to as far as I think at the bottom of Brady Heights, um, all the way down 50th, it's going to be uh, uh, twice as long as it normally is to allow everybody to be able to spread out. And uh, that means you can have, uh, you know, over 100 people a block, right? So I think it's going to work out well. Um, and uh, let's enjoy the uh, parade. You know, Santa Parade is always huge. We always get a great uh, turnout by all the different groups and industry uh, putting a float in, and uh, it's a great parade. Uh, staff do a great job organizing it, and a lot of a lot of fun. The um, I would uh, recommend that everybody uh, um, keep an eye on their social media, and uh, as we're going to start marketing in the next uh, next uh, week or so. Um, the parade route and uh, everything else. So, well, Adam, yeah. just uh, November twenty seventh, six o'clock. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Oh, okay. so Santa's coming to town. Um, we'll have a conversation with Santa. Make sure that he's uh, he's all masked up and ready to go, and uh, he's got his COVID free uniform on. But, <laughs> right uh, on, awesome. Yeah, suit on. Awesome. But uh, you know, awesome. uh, in closing, Kevin, uh, um, I just want to do uh, you know to Leslie. Uh, you know, Dan Brisois was a great uh, reporter. Uh, for the Coal Lake paper, he worked for the Bonneville paper, and uh, you know, unfortunately, Dan passed away. And, and on behalf of everybody in uh, on council, uh, staff, administration, uh, everybody in Coal Lake, our thoughts are with you on your on your tragic loss, your husband. I just want to say that uh, as a reporter, Dan was amazing, and uh, he was uh, he went on the journey with us on our sustainability of our uh, of our journey back in the day. And reported on it, and he always did a real fair job of uh, reporting on the goings on 
And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss him. He was a great guy. And I always remember his little smirk when uh, in a council meeting when something funny or something sarcastic might have been said in, in jest or, or not. And uh, so, you know, Dan, unfortunately, uh, died quite suddenly. And uh, so we're definitely going to miss him uh, reporting on the news in Coal Lake. And uh, for Leslie out there, our thoughts and prayers are with you.